Nonprofits have such an incredible impact in the lives of West Texans. From human services to education and culture, nonprofits improve our quality of life. Today on State of the Nonprofits, I'm happy to welcome Tim Jepson, Executive Director, and Hannah Ali, Marketing Director for the Midland Community Theater. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Tim and Hannah are here to talk about all the exciting things coming to your local community theater in 2024. But before we get started, we always give audio descriptions. Um, So I'll start out. My name is Autumn. I am about five foot two. I have brown pixie hair and tortoiseshell glasses. And today I'm wearing a blazer that has two different houndstooth prints. They're like they're matched. They're the same color, but one's bigger on one side than the other. And it really freaks people out when I'm sitting in a meeting. Hannah? I'm Hannah. I am about five, three, five, four. I'm wearing a floral um ankle length dress today with some reds and greens and kind of fall colors. And I have brown hair that's tied back in a braid today. I'm Tim Jebson and I am six foot four and I have what's left blonde hair <laughs> and uh, I'm wearing uh, khakis and uh, my, my Midland Community Theater vest. I'm representing Midland Community Theater this morning. Very I nice. love it. You're on brand. Yeah, I'm on brand. Thank you. That's great. I'm excited to talk to you guys. I'm a big fan of the Midland Community Theater. We've been going to shows for as long as I can remember. And my son is a part of the education program. So this is a fun time to visit. I'm really looking forward to all the exciting things. If you've driven down Wadley lately, you guys can see from the street that there's something big happening at the theater. So do we want to start there, Hannah, or do you want to hold on and make people stay with us? And we'll talk about some other stuff. If we are talking about construction, the capital campaign, that's definitely going to be Tim's wheelhouse. I told him if we want to talk about it, I would. He's all things capital campaign. So we can go ahead and start with that if you're comfortable with that. Yeah. You know, uh, about three years ago, we had uh, a board member say, I'd really like to refresh and update the lobby. The theater was built in 19, you know, construction started in 75, opened in 77, and it was really kind of the culmination of Art Cole's dream starting the theater, but it needed a refreshing. And I was thinking, you know, paint, carpet, you know, maybe some new chandeliers, but he was dreaming bigger. And as a part of that, uh, he, he said, let's at least explore how much it would cost to actually expand the lobby and improve the lobby. And we were really kind of shocked that the price tag wasn't as sticker shocking as, as we at first thought. Really, what happened was that project expanded uh, while we were going to we were going to have to tear out the amphitheater mm-hmm. to, to expand the lobby. So we said, well, let's expand the educational space that's below it. And we also added the new LED walls into that. And it turned into about a seven million dollar capital campaign. We we were able to raise that money. And uh, we've already installed the LED walls in Davis Theater One. We just opened uh, the Sound of Music so you can see those LED walls at work. So that's sort of step one. So this, what you're seeing, is step two. And that is the expansion of the education spaces, which is the basement, and then the expansion of the lobby. And if you come to a show, you can see the pictures in the lobby that show kind of what it's going to look like. But right now, what they've done is dug out the entire amphitheater and they're starting on the basement, which is the education space. So I do think it's important to note too, it's kind of impacted your parking. So there's an alternative parking solution for going to see The Sound of Music or in early 24, if you're going to go to the opening sure. musical. We avoided a major headache this weekend. So I actually started on Monday insisting that all cast and crew park at Midland College and walk across the bridge. And so we, we are now in that habit. And so this past weekend when we had shows, I actually walked the parking lot every night and discovered that we still had some empty parking spots. So oh, we cool. haven't yet gotten to the point that somebody had to park on the 
grass or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> no so, crazy off-roading. No, yes, exactly. No crazy off-roading. So I, th- I think I think we're going to be okay. But one of the things that I mentioned in my curtain speech is it's just going to get worse. Right now in the lobby, they're only blocking off the existing part of the lobby. After the Sound of Music closes, they're going to move that up because we're, we're tearing apart the entire lobby. So mm-hmm. when you come see the, the Wizard of Oz, it may be a case of you get your ticket and you go sit down because mm-hmm. there's not much else left in the lobby to do. So that's the inconvenience, but you just have to look at the the prize at the end of the road. It's going to be beautiful. I know so many people who have benefited from the theater. It's going to be so nice to see the theater benefit from all of the generosity of our community that's making this happen for you guys. You know, you you started off talking about an update of nonprofit world. Midland benefits so much from whether it be individuals, whether it be oil companies, whether it be just general generosity. People understand the importance of nonprofits in our community and the importance of supporting them. And it's just it's just a pleasure to work at one of them that benefits from that generosity. Well, and I think with a the theater, it's one of those things, it, you know, it doesn't save puppies or feed children. But what it does is so critical in our community because Midland Community Theater brings quality of life. It brings an opportunity for people to engage in culture and arts and performing arts and really be a part of the theater. There's so many opportunities to be a part of it. Let's kind of segue a little bit into, Hannah, you wanted to talk a little bit about volunteerism. What's going on there? Yes, absolutely. And and I would like to touch on really quick, I love when people bring up where we fall kind of in the hierarchy of needs. When they think nonprofits, they don't necessarily think um, community theater. It's not first on their list. But I do love being able to tell everyone in the community, you deserve food and water and there are people to do that. But you also deserve community. You also deserve art and growth. and, And we're all entitled to that as people and what that does for our quality of life is imperative. So talking about community uh, where volunteerism is concerned, pick your poison, essentially. We have we have all kinds of opportunities, uh, which is great. You know, if you're wanting to get on stage, of course, that's what people first think of. But sometimes people shy away from the theater because they think that's their only opportunity. And that is absolutely untrue. We have something for everyone. So I grew up in Midland and I grew up going and seeing shows. And I think we started get, getting involved in 2010, the last time we did The Wizard of Oz. Mm. So I love I love that we're doing The Wizard of Oz this coming year because my first show at Midland Community Theater that I participated in was The Wizard of Oz and I was a munchkin at, you know, 10 or 11 years old. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. I love right. it. And, and Tim was directing that, obviously. And now, you know, we're, we're doing it and totally different. I mean, his situation is similar, but my life has completely changed in the last, uh, I don't know, 14 years, I guess. So, um, so that's how my family family got started in volunteering. But since then, you know, you can we've we've painted sets, we've done dressing. So if you mm-hmm. see someone, for people who don't know what that is, if you see someone in a dress and then their next scene. 10 seconds from then they're in pants. There's a team of people back there with flashlights and bobby pins helping your actor and your actress change. And so you have dressing opportunities if you have people wanting to learn audio and lights and sounds and that technology and now opportunities with the LED wall, which is really technology that isn't anywhere else in this area. You have opportunities to check that out. You have opportunities to learn to sew, to learn to design in the costume shop. You can work front of house. Uh, One really great opportunity that I think a lot of people don't realize is for kiddos that are in scholarship programs that need volunteer hours, they can sell chips or take tickets or sell drinks or seat people. And those are perfect volunteer hours. But it's also a great way for any 
young adult, but especially young adults that may have cognitive or social delays to learn how to do customer service Mm -hmm. in a lower pressure environment. I love Midland Community Theater for the way that everyone can get what they need out of volunteering. And sometimes that's just a place to belong. As far as volunteering is concerned, you really have so many various opportunities and you can start small. You don't have to commit to being Dorothy and being on the stage for Wizard of Oz. I want people to know that any commitment level really will be valued and appreciated and any set of skills will also be valued and appreciated. Oh gosh. Well, you know, I think that's great. Building community is such a big part of what we do as nonprofits. The opportunity to volunteer, to be a part of an agency really does open up so many doors in finding your family, right? And your community. So there's a lot of really cool things going on. Tell me a little bit about membership. There's a couple, last couple of years guys had some changes. And so it's sort of a new structure too still. Tell me about that. One of the things that I find interesting is that Art Cole, when he started Midland Community Theater way back in 1946, he didn't want to sell season passes or season tickets or season subscriptions. He wanted to call them memberships. Mm-hmm. In essence, they are a season ticket. So sometimes we do get people who hear that term membership and think, it's too big of a commitment. It really is just a season pass. It really is just a collection of tickets. But it does imply that we want you to be a part of who we are and, and who who we're going to be in the future. And that's why we call them memberships. You know what I mean? And there are benefits that you get as far as being a member. But in essence, you're committing to supporting the next seasons. We're about to start and we're currently selling memberships for the 2024 membership season. And that's a way you can do that. Now, you know, in a post-COVID world, what we found is that a lot more people are reluctant to plan long in advance. You know what I mean? I think that's one of the things that COVID kind of made more difficult is people saying, hey, nine months from now, I'm going to be doing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? During yeah. COVID, we were all like, heck, I don't know what I'm doing nine minutes from now. So um, what we find now is that people are a little bit less willing to make those long-term commitments. And we've seen a a huge uptick in sales of tickets, you know, like literally the week before, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But that's just so scary. So memberships are a way to uh, commit to Midland Community Theater and say, hey, we we value what you're doing and we want to be a part of who we are. I could go on and on about memberships and what (laughs) what might benefit who, but we really do have a membership level for everyone. Well, and I want to dig into the for everyone because I am really excited to hear about a collaboration that you guys have going with the Recording Library of West Texas to really be for everyone. Can you talk a little bit about what you guys are doing to make it more accessible? Absolutely. So part of our mission statement is making quality community theater accessible to everyone. And so we're always finding, we're always trying to find ways to make that true and to make that accurate. And we're so grateful for organizations like the Recording Library that also see that mission and also want to be a part of that. So the first time that we had ever, as far as I know, in the history of Midland Community Theater, audio described anything. Is that correct, Tim? To my knowledge, yes. Okay. The first time anything had ever been audio described for the hearing impaired was at Summer Mummers this past year. And that was really an idea that Bailey, the executive director at the recording library, reached out to me about. And 
It was great. I mean, it was so much fun. And that's that's a lot of that. That's giving props to Bailey, because if you've ever been to Summer Mummers, it's very, very quick and it's mm-hmm. very, very wild and it's very, very loud. Well, and there's a lot of improv that happens in the moment on the stage yes. because they get riled up. If the crowd's really feeling it, then they get really into it and crazy things can happen that maybe you're not prepared for. Right. Well, and describing physical comedy is so there's so much to describe in in a, a melodrama setting. And so she she's describing it live and people who may be visually impaired are listening to what she's describing and they're listening to the show and they're getting to throw popcorn. So that was really fun. And, and we had a group of actors and actresses actually come by and, and we would describe our costumes to them and we would let them touch our costumes and, and check it all out. So I know our volunteers, our actors and actresses that came by and did that loved it. And it was very meaningful to them. I know it was very meaningful to me. And again, going back to where is Midland Community Theater on the hierarchy? It just, you're allowed to have fun. You're allowed to be visually impaired and want to have fun and want to be entertained. And so being able to have that opportunity has been really great. Going forward, we want to continue to do audio description. We have a reach out, pay what you can performances, typically the first Sunday matinee of every show. And that program is sponsored by the Abel Hanger Foundation every nonprofit in the area, we can send via mail or email and say, this is the show we're doing. It's on this Sunday. How many people would you like to come? And that can be the people that work for the nonprofit. That can be the people that are receiving services from the nonprofit. And that's something that's been going on for quite a while. So with her audio description that that the recording library is doing, we also have uh, an American Sign Language interpreter off to the side that Sunday as well. And so we have a lot of great nonprofits that are involved. If anyone is interested and they're not getting information from us, we want to send you the information, however many tickets you want. And on that Sunday, you get those tickets and they're free because Abel Hanger has, has taken care of them. On this same day is pay what you can and pay what you can sounds like what it is. You come to the show and you say, I've got four little kiddos here and I'm willing to pay a dollar per ticket. And as long as you pay us at least a dollar, you can come see the show for whatever you're willing to pay, a dollar, five, ten dollars, and you can come see the show. I always push that for the closing show and the opening show for people who have a lot of kiddos. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are the most elaborate productions that come from the theater. There's a lot of great productions all through the year, but they are the most elaborate, those musicals. It's hard to get a couple of kiddos to go do anything mm-hmm. and not spend your entire paycheck. It is. I have three kids and oh my lands. When you add my husband and I, we're paying for tickets for five people and it's really crazy. And especially in this current economy that we're facing, people are really challenged to do a lot of things that can be considered unnecessary or extra. But let me tell you, Midland Community Theater is not unnecessary. <laughs> Maybe a little extra, but darn, it's worth it. <laughs> we're, we're grateful to have those opportunities and to have sponsors and to have nonprofit organizations, you know, like Recording Library that, that partner with us to make those things a reality. Because in a perfect world, everyone would get the chance to sit down and enjoy a show and not have to worry about, oh, my kiddo is having some cognitive delays at school, what are we going to do? Or I can't see, so theater's not for me. Right. But you are. You're making it for them, for everyone through that collaboration. I think that's such a big piece of what we talk about here at State of the Nonprofits is working together to really enrich our community. And that is exactly what you guys are doing in making theater accessible. And I'm just really proud to be a part of theater. My family is a part of the theater. We're proud of that. Um, And I think you guys are doing great work in that arena. 
you know, uh, having been here 26 years, it's, it is great because there are so many nonprofits who are willing to collaborate. You know, we've done collaborative productions with uh, what is now West Texas Symphony, but Midland Odessa Symphony and Chorale. We've done productions with the Globe of the Great Southwest. We've collaborated with the uh, Lone Star Animal Sanctuary to do, you know, things, you know, when we did Annie, we had them in the lobby every day, you know, showing other, you know, orphan dogs, you know, that were <laughs> accessible. And even our recent production of The Girl on the Train, which dealt with some rough subject matters of people who may be emotionally or physically being abused by a partner. You know, we had some uh, materials available from other nonprofit organizations as well. So I think Midland's a better community when the nonprofits collaborate. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Absolutely. It's a big part of what we do here at MSS is to really encourage collaboration. So I love to hear about all the amazing ways that our nonprofits have been doing collaboration for years and just nobody's seen it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love working with other nonprofits. With the theater, our events change every six weeks. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? We've got a completely different spin based on the show every four to six weeks, which is a really easy way to get creative. So essentially approaching any given nonprofit or even for-profit and saying, what do you do? What are you passionate about? Marketing is kind of the science of why people care. And so especially with nonprofits saying, Why do you care about this thing? How can we intersect that? Mm -hmm. And those creative intersections, that creative problem solving while also serving a marginalized group is so much fun. And getting to meet people that are so different from you. I I love it. I think it's so much fun and it's so fun to get creative with other nonprofits. The work I get to do every day is with other nonprofits. (laughs) I'm really lucky to be in that space all the time. And so I just I'm enjoying this conversation. I'm really excited about what's coming in the theater to see the fruits of collaboration impacting and making the community stronger. Anything else that we need to touch on for what to look forward to in the new year? Well, as we've already kind of alluded to, we've we've had auditions for The Wizard of Oz, which is our 2024 opening musical. Y'all, I can't wait. Um, <laughs> we're... We're about to start rehearsals for that, and that'll open in early February. We've got lots of of great shows planned for next year. There's going to be some challenges with the the construction, but keep your eye on the prize that, you know, the plan right now is that when White Christmas, our 2024 closing musical, opens, that the construction should be done. Our education space at that point will have more than doubled, and the amount of programming we can do as a result of that will probably, down the road, continue to increase. If you have kiddos and you live in this area, take them and learn about educational programming at Midland Community Theater. I will tell you firsthand experience. I have a seven-year-old who is so well-spoken and has such an ability to stand up in front of a crowd. Who knew where that would come from? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) But... Uh, His teachers have commented on it. And I think a lot of that has come from his involvement in the educational programs at MCT. He has been on stage in the education program. He has presented in the parent showcases. And that is such a huge piece of being successful in the world is being able to speak and present yourself well. And I think that MCT is doing an incredible job in in helping develop young minds. Well, you know, one of the misconceptions people have is that we have uh, an education program to produce actors and and directors. And and that's not true. Mm -hmm. We have an education program because any person who comes through and benefits from that program, whether they become a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher, or work at a nonprofit, their ability, like you said, to stand up in front of a crowd, to articulate their thoughts, to be confident is going to benefit them in life. So all of the skills we teach, sure, it's great if one of them becomes an actor or one of them becomes a director, but 
all of the hundreds of kids that we teach each and every year are going to benefit from what they learn in the theater, no matter what they become in life. And that's one of the things that we try to stress with our education program. I think that's incredible. And I am 100% on board with that. Whether No matter where you go, you will read better. You will be able to articulate yourself yep. um, and convey your needs and do so confidently, 100%. Exactly. So exactly. it's a great program. Check it out. Go on their MCT website. I have one last thing I wanted to touch on. You're wrapping up your extensive and long tenure with the theater. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, Midland Community Theater has been around since 1946. And so that's 77 years. But not you haven't been around that no, whole time. No, but when you think <laughs> about it, 77 years, we've had three executive directors. That's so, amazing. So when you think about the fact that Art Cole was here for over 30 years, my predecessor, Don Bachman, was here for 18. I'm just, I just passed my 26 years. Year, and the board approached me about a year ago and said, what's your long-term plan? And I said, well, you know, we can go down the road of talking about, you know, uh, a retirement party at age 65 or something like that. But I said, I really think that the challenge for this organization is going to be the next leader will be a failure if they're here for like three years and then they leave. You right. know what I mean? Because when you've, when you've had a 35, an 18, and a 27-year tenure, it's going to feel like the bar is set pretty high for the next person to come in. So Absolutely. I proposed to them basically a transitional plan. And that's mm -hmm. essentially what it is. It's sort of mislabeled to be a retirement plan. I'm really still going to be the executive director here for at least another three years. And even after that, I still have responsibilities at Midland Community Theater for kind of the rest of my life. You know what I mean? So we've we've come up with a plan as a part of this transition. But we just started a national search. We're looking for an artistic director. That person will start next summer. They'll actually direct uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is a September musical, and they'll direct White Christmas, and they'll direct other shows. And after two years, if the Board of Governors, not me, but the Board of Governors feels like this is the perfect person to be the new executive director, they'll elevate them from artistic director to executive director, and I'll step back even further. And my wife and I are planning to, to leave Midland, so this person won't have me standing over their shoulder every five minutes, but I'll be back every four to six weeks and harassing Hannah and of course. Uh, check, <laughs> checking on everyone and uh, working with the artistic director and working with our business and development director and making sure that the organization's continuing. So in essence, since it is a transitional plan. It is a plan to hopefully c continue the future of our organization. And if it doesn't work, if two years later the, the board says, you know what, this isn't the right person, we just start it over again. Sure. You know, we do it again. You know what I mean? So I think the board was intrigued by my proposal. They accepted my proposal. And that's why we're moving forward in that road. Well, I think that's really wise because as much as we've goofed and, and been silly, you are young to retire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, and yeah, so, right. you know, I think that that's a really incredible plan. We had a conversation a few episodes back about succession planning. Yeah. It's the best thing for your organization to make sure you're preparing for the future, because at the end of the day, we want our organizations to continue forever, you know, as, as much as the need is, is there. Well, and if I'm being philosophical, there's also a certain degree to which I said, you know, this organization probably also could benefit from some new blood, some new leadership. You know what I mean? So I'm, that's not to say that I couldn't continue to lead the organization for another seven or eight years and until I turn 65. But I think everyone could benefit from this process. And, and having a new voice and having a new vision and having a new leadership will benefit the organization as well. I think the board appreciated the fact that they would have me to kind of help oversee. But I think... 
I think there's some, in, at least in my opinion, some excitement over the fact that a new leader could emerge, you know what I mean, and be a part of that. And that's uh, a real benefit. And, you know, and from my perspective, you know, there's there's some things, that, some other things I'd like to do as well. You know what I mean? So, yeah, a- again, the word retirement is probably the wrong word. It is really just a transition. Right. I've actually had this conversation a lot recently. You look at the Petroleum Museum, Kathy Shannon, who's been there for over 20 years, just recently retired. And Kathy Shannon has done an amazing job in that museum. Yeah. But the museum is is not Kathy Shannon. And she's done very well in setting the museum up under its own name while still being very successful. You know, other organizations in history, a lot of times the name becomes synonymous with the agency. And so, you know, to see that separation, but... But not a total separation, but just to be able to say at the end of the day, Midland Community Theater is Midland Community Theater. And Tim, you've done an amazing job and you're continuing to do an amazing job. I'm super excited to see the future of how this this pans out. I think this is a cool plan that you have in place. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's something, you know, uh, we've been thinking about. And I'm just glad that the board bought in. They understood the vision and and they've been supportive. And and again, let's face facts. Doesn't mean that everyone's supportive of it. You know what I mean? I mean, you're always going to have your detractors and you're always going to have people who think, you know, they know better. But uh, a wise man told me many years ago that they they envy my work because uh, everyone thinks they could do a better job at my job than me, but no one wants my job. It's a fun job. It's a it's an extremely rewarding job. Well, change is hard, but it is inevitable. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how yeah. it all pans out for MCT and to know that you are still very much and will still very much be a big piece of the theater here. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be back. I'll, I'll be back at every opening night for the next a couple of years. Uh, I'll be back for every board meeting. I'll be back for a lot of other events and uh, looking forward to it. Exciting stuff. Thank you guys so much for coming in and being in studio today. I'm glad that we were able to make this episode happen. Thanks for for having having us. us. Thank you for streaming State of the Nonprofits. Remember to subscribe and receive notice when new episodes drop. MSS is a proud partner of Pioneer Natural Resources. With Pioneer's partnership, we're working to create impact in nonprofit community with programs like State of the Nonprofits, IT services, and more. Thank you to the Recording Library of West Texas for collaborating with MSS to produce the State of the Nonprofits.